I think so. Okay. We're Hi. back. Ta-da. Hello. Hello. We're here. We're queer. We're fabulous. Don't mess with mm, us. This camera does not have me feeling fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. For, well, for, unfortunately, our listeners can't. Fortunately for us, our listeners cannot for see me, what we look yes. like right now. <laughs> also, maybe fortunately for them. Yeah, I got. Because we look in a hot mess, girl. Yeah, for anybody who knows me and has been on any sort of video call with me, um, I, my laptop has the most unfortunately placed camera because rather than being attached to the screen where you can angle it with the screen, like at the top, the top center of the screen, like normal laptop, like yeah. a normal person. I didn't think about this when I bought the laptop because I was like, I just use FaceTime on my phone, whatever. No, turns out I do a lot more like video. Enter in COVID right and, <laughs> Yeah, and then well, I bought this after, but anyway, my camera is at the bottom, like right above my keyboard, so it's in a fixed position where it's just looking up like a nose cam. It's real bad, but I guess it's like a gamer laptop, so they were like, these gamers don't use their webcams anyway. The mic on it's not that bad. I don't use it for recording, but the mic actually doesn't really pick up on like the fan noise, which is like kind of nice because my old laptop was real bad about that. But yeah. Oh, I mean, it's probably yeah, it's probably specially designed to do that. That's how mm. a lot of like and as a gamer, are. when the laptop runs hot, it has like a special cooling pad or something under the WASD keys because you use those the most when like you're in like, oh, a game. So those are much cooling. yeah, they're much the full. First of all, the font on them is also bolder than the rest of the keyboard because hashtag you know in case the gamer needs to find it, and then also it's not as hot hashtag as the other keys. Meanwhile, though, if I touch the rest of the laptop, I almost ignite on fire because <laughs> I have to I, I'm thinking when we get like my new setup down here, we're going to I'm going to get like a little cooling like stand for it because. Yeah, this little laptop cooling thing is like all I have. Hmm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Must nonsense. be annoying. I wouldn't know about that problem. My laptop yes. always stays cool. In your little <laughs> command center. Your little hacker. Hashtag M1Max, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> Hashtag Anyways, entire thanks for payment. coming to Manny's TikTok. <laughs> uh, um, so how about that album, Kevin? Yes, so we are. We're not here today to talk tech, or maybe kind of at the end. But uh, for today's today's music mentions, just right off the top, because it's a bit, it's a little bit dicey on my end. So you know, normally it's me dicey, not knowing an album or a song that Manny has chosen. However, today it's the reverse. Uh, I did a little bit of research mama or whatever you know the homophobic dog would mean would say and uh rena sawayama's recent album hold the girl came out like a day ago at the time of this recording yeah and it was real hyped and then it she flopped. It dropped <laughs> i don't want to say she flopped because it sounds mean it just i think was one of those like expectations were real high Fair. and the direction wasn't where people were expecting it to go or like i think it was like a little bit of both like the direction because like we Serena's one of the few artists that, like, I somewhat really follow. Like, when she announced this album, I would come across, like, oh, like, here's who's producing it with her. Like, here's, like, interviews of her direction for it. And I was at, like, her tour. I was at a concert for her previous album tour, and she sang one of the new songs there. And I was like, oh, this is, like, cute. Oh, yeah, because that was the one that got delayed multiple times, right? Yes, the the actual tour. Yeah, the concert. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listeners. That was obviously because of COVID, whatever. I was supposed to go to that concert for my birthday in, like, 2020. That didn't happen. And then it got postponed to, like, October or November of, like, next year. And then it got postponed again to literally May two years later. Mm. And by that (laughs) point, the album, like, already, like, went through all of its, like, post-release, like, press tour and buzz. And Because that album was in 2020, right? Yeah, it came out, I think, in April, Mm -hmm. I believe. Either late April or, like, early May. 
and like it was a it was a bop like Sawayama like the album was like a bop and fortunately maybe that uh bop level flew too close to the sun because <laughs> this album has not been like so so just like my perspective of it is like i think like it was one of those things because she wanted to do like a little bit of like country influence in there like to be like she said like she wanted like more cheekier like country influences in there and she wanted also like more like of her like like more emotional like energy put into it but like it's kind of like it feels like a pop punk album where like country was like in the room next to it almost like <laughs> it's it's kind of weird like it feels a little directionless like if because you know we always like kind of look at albums as like a whole composition this oh, one fair. feels like okay, a bit more saying. like random songs like kind of thrown at the board almost because like the like the way it opens like it kind of leads into itself like it's kind of going and then like halfway through like you you might kind of see what she's talking about but like the song she also sorry i'm not I'm getting ahead of myself so a lot um you kind of get halfway through the album and then it's like one of my favorite songs frankenstein it's like this pop punk like this edgier like kind of more of like the style she did on her first album comes on and it's like oh like this would be on like my myspace page like back in the day like it's like just that <laughs> good good and like edgy like that good, good. pop yeah. punk kind of vibe um so it's like um holy till you let me go imagining a frankenstein like those all kind of go like run right after another and it's like a good run but then the rest of the album kind of around it feels weird in that sense mm. however one exception that i really like and it's probably gonna be the only thing even remotely close to country that i'm gonna like is send my love to john so that's like near the end of the album where she gets like real somber and like more in like the feelings um mm -hmm. and it's basically like this it sounds to me like a very stereotypical country song like it doesn't really feel like her it feels like any country singer could kind of put it together kind of thing which is like a little yeah. bit of a read but i just think it's like i still like it even though like it's a little corny it's like a song that i didn't like look into like the full like artist like her intentions of the lyrics but when you listen to it it kind of sounds like a country midwestern mom like it's like her regret of like her not supporting her gay son growing up or something and she's like send my love to john and to me it sounds like oh send my love to like your partner because like they're there for you and like it just sounds like it's like so corny like a lot of my friends are like yeah this is like really corny and i'm like i, I still like it though like for whatever reason i just think it's like a cute little like country like slow jam or whatever um it's like yeah, such a from weird what i know pick. about her like i wouldn't imagine like any sort of country song being no. an album of hers she's also like so. you know she's like from well I think she's from Japan and, like, grew up in the UK, so, like, not, like... Anywhere remotely. Grew up in, like, yeah, yeah what, what... But, like, um, so her... The other thing about it that was weird about this album is that she, like, probably released, like, a third of the songs, like, total from the album, like, before the album came out as singles. Like, she had... um Her first one was This Hell, which that was, like, the first one. That one, like, you can kind of hear, like, the country influence, so that's the direction, like, you thought you she was purely going in. But then oh. the song she played live for at the end of the tour, and then also the I believe it was the second song that she dropped as a single was "Catch Me in the Air," which I like these songs. It's just very like weird the way like that they're structured in like the album, I guess, mm -hmm. and like it's a little. It didn't have like a good flow. It sounds yeah, like. like a lot of people, a lot of the gays were like, "This isn't giving," and like a lot of like I I will admit like I do like her edgier kind of grungier like more like like bits of hyper pop sound that she had like in her first album and then she she did have like some slower ballads in there but this album mm -hmm. it felt like ha like half of the songs were like kind of these slower ballads and also two of the songs like felt very similar to me like obviously like they probably a different story behind them but lyric like 
both energy wise instrumentation it was a phantom and forgiveness both felt very similar to me and like one's like near the beginning and one's at the end so i don't know if it's like a weird reprisal thing or like there's more story that i'm not getting but Mm. i learned too from this uh because i am a little bit more invested in rena than other artists admittedly um is there's a thing called like the sophomore curse or the sophomore slump i don't know if you've ever heard of this fair yeah yeah that's fair so yeah i mean it sounds like it's kind of a it's like the thing. album right after the first one yeah that's kind of like which admittedly flop. it did come pretty quick because i mean granted her debut album didn't really have it like she had like a ton of singles and like an ep of like all of her singles pretty much um which kind of felt like an album in a way but i guess it wasn't like the de- the debut tour album in a, i guess um right. but the time between like her releasing that album and now two years like I guess maybe not that recent, like, in retrospect, but maybe because, like, I went to the concert of, like, her previous album, and Um, then in less than a year, like, her second album comes out, maybe, like, that's it for me, but I think it's okay to not have a banger every time, and we just put her too high on a pedestal, maybe. Um, That's fair. But I mean, it is only, like, her second album. Yeah. So. So, I was just like, damn, I kind of hope, like, nobody runs her into the ground for this, because I do want her to just, like keep making music i don't want to like a tayana taylor situation where she just gives up you know not that i think mm. that'll happen but um i just like her oh so much but it, it you it, in in fairness like it's not hitting like i think pitchfork gave it like a 6.5 out of like 10 or whatever like it got it got like very middle of the road like scoring it seems like reviewed wise mm. not that we really talk or care about that much on here but you know kind of further drafts the point that like eh, sis you know you tried and it, it, didn't, it didn't hit um so, yeah. I feel like we should come up with our own like little scoring mechanism. You know, that wouldn't be that bad because I feel like the we last... We review a lot of music, I feel like. That would be kind of oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, we always have the music mentions. And I do feel like a lot of times, like, I don't... Like, obviously, I divulge into this one a lot, but I feel like sometimes when I'm reviewing a song, I'm like, I don't always have, like... Because we're not musical, like... Musical. Geniuses, yeah. Yeah, like, we don't really review it, like, for a living or anything to a technical detail. But having, like, a reviewing system, because I feel like would be good because I feel like... A lot like when Lizzo's album came out, I was like, it's just fun. And like, I couldn't really like yeah, get into it more with that. Right. Like, where we kind of place it. Right. Yeah. But um, that could be we'll something to think about that somewhere. That would be cute. Yeah. I mean, we could even, it doesn't have to be numbers. We could even do it where it's like, yeah. Where, like, you know, like, was it Zach Campbell? Does we like, do, bop or yeah, flop. like the bopper flop or like, like give some, it a little, yeah. Like some kind of tearing within it. Yeah. You know, like, is it gay? Is it geeky? Is it tired? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that could be, fu- that could be kind of fun. Cause I feel like if it's tired, it's like, okay. Like Maybe, I would, yeah. I'd probably have to put this one like somewhere. Like, I got a little geeky with like the backstory of it, but like I guess when it came out, I got a little tired. I don't know. I do yeah. like the song. I do think though, I will be adding Frankenstein and imagining to it though, because I do think like those from me are like the standout for the album, even though that's mm-hmm. not at all the vibe of like the rest of the album. You know. Yeah. Last that's thing fair. on it, I did find um, I found like a video, like uh, I guess that like one of her other because i guess she did different songs from the album like on her tour like that's like a little surprise like mine was like catch me in the air but there was a video someone took she sang frankenstein like at the end of this concert and they were fucking jamming they, the energy was so hype and i was like damn like they really thought they were getting an entirely different album from her oh like, my god like because yeah. if you only heard frankenstein like oh this is like this is gonna 2000s be like core like pop punk like kind of vibe and it's it's really just that song and that's it unfortunately um, so I'll be adding those to the playlist, which I can do now because we are collaborators. Yes. And I'm going to be adding like 2,000 songs. we talk about will be listed there in the show notes. Yes. Clicky, click, click away. Yeah. 
Uh, and then my last one for today, which would be a lot briefer, or a lot more brief, sorry. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen put out a single, I think it's for her, I think she's having an album come out in October, because some of the fellow gays were telling me two other songs Oh, is this like a promo already. track for it? Yeah, this is like the third okay. like single from like the album, I guess, or the okay. third release. It's called Talking to Yourself. And if this came on in a club, club a club um i would definitely i would definitely be vibing to it it's it's just like a very fun like poppy dance club kind of like vibe i guess it's also like a little bit um uh, what's like a specific i guess it's really i think it's just mainly pop but like it's Mm -hmm. got like um you know she does like kind of some fun stuff with like the vocal mixing i guess okay so it'll be kind of like she'll kind of like sing like the chorus and then like it'll every once in a while like it'll kind of just like the her voice will kind of fade in and out throughout it I don't know oh. how to explain it, but if you listen to it, it's like, like, a, like a, head, a little head bopper, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a video for it, maybe, but I didn't. if there is, I didn't see it. And yeah, those are our music mentions. They will be added, as Manny said. Um, you should, though, stream Sawayama, the album, <laughs> if you are interested in listening to Arena, because that and some of her other pre-release stuff, which I might even add to the album, too, or the playlist, yeah. too, because... I think I added Well, them. I remember when I first like cuz I remember her like being kind of like a up and comer for like a little while and a lot of the gays were talking about her and I like heard about it and I had seen like that photo of like her cover art that she did for Yeah, that was the, that I don't know iconic. if I would consider that. Is that a self-titled album Sawayama? Is that technically um, self-titled? I don't know. I think it's ten- I think it's technically self-titled cuz like her last name yeah. is Sawayama, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I I don't listen to her on a regular basis like as it, much of a fan but yeah because you're I genre, remember some of her songs and videos i think it was also her music videos too were really interesting from this era too because she was one of those girls like, kind of like doja cat who could make like a really cute music video or a song out of like what essentially felt like nothing yeah which i really she, respect it because a lot of artists can't do that anymore without like a bunch of backup dancers production and, and writers yeah, like and, right yeah well rena comes from like a modeling background like she she i think she still does it too um she did like a lot of like modeling like whether it was like with like her friends like kind of stuff like people she knew in the industry or like professionally so like she kind of did that so she does have like this like artistic kind of like uh you know sense of production i would say mm-hmm. i guess that's a way to put it um so yeah that that makes sense with like her like her lucid uh, music video is like it has like a pretty good amount of like editing and i think that was when because that's on like her deluxe version or whatever it's pretty much just like usually most like projectors are used for that music video yeah so and that's what's weird is that like when she dropped the album that was like her up and coming and then two years later i finally get to see her but by that point she's maybe not household name but like more people definitely know about her now yeah, like enough to do like ago. a pretty like well like yeah ticketed tour and stuff yeah like she's that. been doing a lot of press stuff she's mm-hmm. been slaying slay a lot and i'm like is tiktok making you do this like i don't i uh, weren't like this before <laughs> that's another thing the gays are kind of dragging her over but i won't get into it it's not really a thing to really worry about. Anyways, what we can speaking of things can, to worry uh, about. Speaking yeah. of things to worry about, though. Speaking about things to worry about. Uh, for those of y'all in the design or creative professions, I'm sure you've probably heard of a company called Adobe. Um, for those of you that are not UI designers, user experience designers, and used to maybe use adobe xd but now aren't because it's garbage um you've probably heard of figma and basically what happened was this week is figma and adobe well adobe and figma both co-announced that adobe will be buying figma for 20 
billion dollars. And it is not good. <laughs> it's <laughs> not looking good for and, you know the consumer. Yeah. It's so for those of y'all who have no idea what Figma is, Figma is a tool that I use a lot during like my daily work. It's like a user experience designer, user interface designer. And it's basically a tool that helps us create and prototype designs for screens. So like mobile applications, web applications, websites, things like that. And it's even like a pretty, it's become like a fairly popular like design tool just because it's mostly free to use. Actually, in fact, like the cover art for this podcast, oh, yeah. me and Kevin designed together in Figma. And like, I did that like in browser too. It wasn't like yes. I had to really download anything. I just had to like make an account. Yeah, so Figma is has become, I believe Figma started in like 2016. And it has become a very, very huge force of a piece of software to be reckoned with. Especially since companies like Adobe that have been around for a very long time that have multiple successful pieces of software, like Photoshop is their most popular, Adobe Illustrator, InDesign, and, Premiere Pro. And we like, say successful as in like numbers wise, but it's no secret that like a lot of Adobe stuff also has trouble functioning sometimes. Oh, if anyone's used Photoshop, <laughs> yeah, anyone's used Photoshop, yeah. which is the most common Adobe like software, I think that like people exactly, have yeah. used. Yeah. So like, you know, Adobe, like, Figma, when it originally started, was... So Adobe also has this other piece of software called Adobe XD, which stands for Experience Design. And what Adobe was trying to do was compete with Figma because Figma was actually taking up a very significant portion of their market share. Like, in, like amongst the designer friends that I have, and even developers too, pretty much all of us prefer Figma, whether we have to use Adobe XD or even Sketch, which was... Actually, Sketch was one of the first, I think, UI, or at least dedicated UI design pieces of software, but that has since kind of like fallen off um, because of Figma as well. Like Figma essentially came out of nowhere and was like, we're going to give y'all a collaborative, uh, intuitive, and very fast iterating features for UI design for designers to do their jobs. And it's like, it's one of my favorite like design tools to use. Yeah. It's, I did um, see people posting memes and screenshots of them like oh, oh going girl, back to Sketch. came out like within Well, because it's designers that Design Twitter was like, yeah. That's the thing. Figma, you can make memes with Figma if you want. <laughs> you can. Maybe that's how Figma should have branded themselves as if they really needed money that badly. But I think yeah. it's something else that Playwitch Young will get into. But yeah, Figma, like between Figma, Miro, and Notion, those three are kind of like my daily drivers as far as like tooling for work, tooling for my life in general, like all those sorts of things. And so I was actually really, really disappointed when I found out when they announced that Adobe was essentially buying Figma. And that's because Figma's brand has also, like in the community around it as a product for designers has essentially been like, we don't want to deal with Adobe anymore. And then yet here Figma goes selling itself to Adobe for $20 billion, which is like, yeah. not to say that, you know, like obviously capitalism won, like <laughs> we all knew that was going to happen. Um, uh, but they could have at least like IPO'd or like grown a little bit more or like maybe even acquired Adobe in the future, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, I mean that would that would probably take that probably would never happen. But yeah, the, the way that the, this, yeah. the way that we work the way that this place operates, I don't think so. Girl, yeah. Because Adobe in recent years, like um and, and Adobe makes more than just software for designers. Like they for pretty they have a chokehold pretty much on any of the creative professions like videography, photography, obviously, design, um, 3D modeling, like 
I think even like architecture to a certain extent, Kevin could probably answer uh, that better. Well, I feel like architecture probably not as much, but well, we won't there's overlap. School, yeah, yeah, like there's definitely overlap. Like we you like in school, like actual architecture design school, we used Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, like my portfolio was built using InDesign. Um right. but as far as like architecture architecture goes, not really. Um but yeah. we we use it was important to use it to like properly display stuff. Like right. if you want to make your shit look pretty, you have to use Adobe products basically. Like, yeah. So in other true. words, Adobe has essentially become a monopoly, a monopoly pretty much over creative professional software and tools, which we need to do our jobs. And Figma was kind of like this unicorn. You know, Figma was the chosen one. It was the, you know, like I don't even maybe not even chosen hers is the right description, but just like Figma was a very special thing because it not only competed with Adobe as a brand new company and product, but beat every other single competitor that was trying to do what it does which is just wild because that has like not really happened especially to a company like adobe i mean just and in usually, general you don't hear about stuff like this happening like not even right. in tech like this rarely happens. exactly like this like, like, like this became like it actually like shifted the stock market for the for adobe like this was a story beyond just like the design community even though obviously like it affects us the most yeah um but it's huge because also the amount that adobe paid for figma which is 20 billion dollars i think that from what i was reading is the highest amount that has ever been paid for a private software company ever period which is period. like huge. <laughs> like Figma is a very, like, very, I think it's, it was more than double what their valuation was like last year or something like that. Because yeah. Figma is not a public company. They're not like Adobe or Apple where they have like a stock and stuff. They obviously have investors, but for all intents and purposes, they're like they were just a really well, like go do, they're like a really well going startup basically at the end of its like startup life cycle. They were just living off vibes. And yeah. Now... And so like, even though they're like pretty much a full fledged company now that hasn't gone public, um, it's like it just feels such like a slap in the face to all of the designers and creative professionals who were using figma who were like yes this is a better product it's better than adobe the experience is better the community around it is better like everything is awesome because adobe in recent years like even outside of figma has become known for one it's very expensive subscription price um the fact that it's, it has subscriptions at all like the subscription model that's yes, a whole other thing at some their, point for us but... their move to the subscription model in creative cloud has become very very expensive and obviously very very profitable um, that being said, I, I do still feel like as far as subscription goes in Adobe, like the price for what you pay to get access for all their ca applications isn't like, not necessarily that it's like overpriced, because I do think that like you still get the value out of it. Like we we use these tools thoroughly. They have the features that we need. Da, 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 da. I think what what actually like puts a bad taste in my mouth the most is like, one, how much it costs for students to acquire the software because it's not free for students, unlike Figma. And um <laughs> Also, the their cancellation policy and some of their deceptive patterns when you go yeah, to actually purchase licenses that. and subscriptions is very, That's very crazy. shady. And people have been slapped with like fees and things like that. Yes. This is not a very great experience. Not great at all. Overall. Like one of them was like, did you see that thread going along? Okay, I'm going to try to like spark notes it. Because um, piggybacking off of that, there was a thread under like all the shenanigans Manny was sending me where it was like, oh, like, let me do the seven day trial for a creative cloud or whatever. They do it and they're like, okay, like put it like, you know, even if it's a free trial, put in your credit card, they're reading the fine print. And then at one point, like after digging and digging, and also apparently there was a section that was scrollable in the agreement that you could not tell was scrollable. So it just blatantly like hid information unless mm -hmm. you like knew, unless you were, you know, actively looking for it. Actively where looking it was like, oh, if you fail to cancel within this time frame, 
like during the free trial you get hit with like half a year like subscription fee or whatever right. even though like you're literally doing the seven day trial and there's no like bold for that it's always like fine print shit so like mm -hmm. and you know b subscription models are literally made to leech money because like how often is right. it like you're like oh i'll just i just want this like one time or like i just blah blah blah, blah for like this x amount of time and then it just loses the wayside right Capitalism. yeah so like adobe has become you know what once was a company and i mean honestly i don't even think they really ever were a company adored by like creative professionals but that being said they are like essentially the owners and creators of a creative professional of tools content. that we use throughout our daily work to make money and, and do our jobs so it's like and, it's always been there and this is but, why sorry go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well i was gonna say this and this is why like you know i feel like i'm getting like more like political on here but like this is why monopolies are bad children because mm -hmm. like if adobe just does whatever like if adobe were to go away like tomorrow how would anybody get anything done because they have every tool like the, they've they've essentially created the way we work to like the workflow for yes. things well, not me more so many obviously but like and other designers but it's like th this is why monopolies just are bad in general is that like when one company has so much control over something you can't do anything about it you can't go to someone else if you don't like it you're just stuck with like if there's any admiration for adobe it's like begrudgingly so most of the time because it's like yeah. oh well this thing sucks less now that they updated it maybe but something else is broken like yeah. i can't tell you how many files crashed like because of something stupid like right. when i did have to use adobe stuff like more frequently. which brings me to my next point in that the quality of adobe's products as essential as they are to our work and it's like basically it's becoming creative infrastructure right <laughs> like it is kind of crumbling in the sense that a lot of the software is way over bloated. It's very slow. Um, and it's oh also God. hard to collaborate so with other people using these kinds of files too, which is also another reason why Figma was so successful is because you are literally able to collaborate live with people. That's a feature that we take for granted nowadays. Like like Google, Google Drive, that's the same reason why Google Drive has taken over in popularity compared to like Microsoft well, Office. And it only you know? ever got exponentially better when like, the collaborate right. like the idea of collaborative work got more present with like you know shutdown and everything yeah. and like if someone's like working on like a different version of like an adobe mm -hmm. program like oh boy yeah, one of you one of your project partners is getting real mad because right. you saved it up and like they can't open it or like you didn't like load in like a like a plugin right or like i don't even know how like there's so many examples yeah, like, it would just so be like things can go wrong like how often i would have to save and just sit there like when i was making my portfolio because i'm like mm -hmm. if this master file like were to get corrupted or die i like literally have to build everything over again and yeah. you know now i have like 70 million backups of it which is also annoying but you know. <laughs> yeah i mean that's part of the reason why to this day i still whenever i'm working in figma i will command s and save even though I know that Figma has no such concept as a file format and automatically saves things like as you do them. Like there's no so, but to this day, the reflex for me to command S like they, and Figma knows that by the way, they used to have this feature where every time you would command S, it would show like a little pop-up in the bottom that says like, hey, your work is automatically saved. No need to command S because they know <laughs> people like us do that from Adobe. Like that's how cool of a product Figma was. Like they understood the pain points that people were having with Adobe's products. And they also had a vision and a new way of working and designing things and a tool that would be useful for people. Because up until like tools like Sketch, Figma, Adobe XD, a lot of UI designers were using, or web designers in this case, were using things like Photoshop to do wireframes and stuff, which sparing you the technical details has a lot of, it's basically like trying to use a hammer to like drive a screw. 
You know what I mean? It's just, it's not the tool for the job. And so when Fig- when Sketch came out, Adobe XD, Figma, all these tools specifically for like designing for screens and not print, which is mostly what most of like the creative tools were geared towards at the time, like Illustrator, InDesign, especially. Um, Figma had this new paradigm for not only like designing for screens exclusively, but they also made it collaborative and in the cloud so that like Kevin was just saying, you didn't have to download software and it was mostly free to use you would just collaborate in the browser as well because it was also a browser-based application, not a native application like Photoshop. So there are just a bajillion ways in which Figma was just far superior to Adobe. And unfortunately, like with most things that are far superior to Adobe's applications and like with most companies that find a competitor that is beating them, they will attempt to buy it and make it theirs. And that's unfortunately what happened here with Adobe and Figma. A lot of the design community is not on board with it because even despite, I think, to be fair, Adobe's track record for like acquiring and um, maintaining products, it does put a bad taste in people's mouth because we know there are more ways for this to go wrong with Adobe than there is for it to go right. You know, Figma has been saying that they're going to make it so that... um, they are essentially going to be able to operate autonomously within Adobe's ownership, similar to how Facebook was saying that they were going to do with WhatsApp. Um, and I believe also kind of like Instagram, right? Where yeah. Instagram is owned by Facebook, or I guess now Meta in this case, but it, it operates as its own sort of like company. And that would honestly be the best case scenario here um, if they do get acquired, because if Adobe starts like dissolving Figma into their suite of software, like Adobe XD, even though Adobe XD was failing, we're going to have a very huge problem as far as like a gap for like design software and stuff like that, because everybody that I know that uses Adobe XD only uses it because it is part of creative cloud and the licenses that either they themselves personally pay for or their company pays for because they don't want to have Figma separately paid for. Um, because relatively speaking, Figma is more expensive to to license and use than Adobe XD, but Adobe XD is also garbage. So there's yeah, that. It's again, like, cause like I, I've used Figma collaboratively with, collaboratively with Manny on this. I don't use it every day, but when I when Manny was telling me about this and like hearing all of it, I'm just like, it's just another example of like nobody except literally the one company buying them out is like winning here. I mean, obviously yeah. whoever gets the fucking fifty billion at Figma, good for them, I guess. Um, you know, it's twenty that's twenty billion. To twenty be billion. Fair, sorry. 20 billion. Yeah. Oh, my Big mistake. Difference. My mistake. <laughs> twenty million, fifty Over billion. Over here with yeah. like less than a thousand in a bank account. Girl, I'm so girl. sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but, um, I overestimated thirty billion. Anyway, um, it, it's just like, you know, like, cause and, and like, like with all, yeah. Just reiterating, like with all that said, like it's like, where do you go? Like this yeah. is just like so. I mean, yeah. like Manny was even talking about it with like Meta and Facebook. It's like, if you just like, I mean, maybe not the best use case, but like, you know, if you don't like the way Meta runs its apps. It's not like... Especially, like, what, like the huge WhatsApp. thing with that with Meta was privacy. Yeah. Like, people remember when it was, like, this huge thing when Facebook brought WhatsApp and everyone had privacy concerns. Yeah, and that. you would think that would have been a real big call to action, and mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. Because, want... I mean, this, like, Adobe buying Figma would be, like, the equivalent of Microsoft Office trying to buy Google Drive. Like, that is, like, for people who don't really understand, like, the comparison, like, that's the the probably the easiest comparison I can make is, like... Can you imagine, like, how if Microsoft Office was trying, because they also have tried to do their own version, Microsoft Office, like their SharePoint and cloud-based Girl, collaboration and PowerPoint every, and shit like that, but it's awful. 
Yeah, every awful. time you get a new laptop and it has Windows on it, it's like, nope, I don't want any of that. Like, please leave me alone. Like, cancel right. anything and everything related to and, that. And, like, who pays for, like, a Microsoft Office subscription there was, anymore? There was um, a meme I saw once that was like, imagine, like, and I'm sure they're out there. And if you're a listener, I'm so sorry. I'm about to, like, kind of shade you a little bit. But, like, imagine the one <laughs> person who, like, had a Windows phone, had Microsoft Edge, had the entire, like, Office suite of, like, whatever. Like, they were, imagine going full in on, like, Microsoft's ecosystem. ecosystem compared to, like, yeah anybody else's it's like i can't picture that person i knew one person with a windows phone and they weren't even they they were just like this is they just wanted an alternative to an iphone and they're like i should have just went with an android that's not (laughs) a windows phone right sorry i say this from a windows computer y'all do some stuff right but some other stuff you don't really need to you know so anyway to put this segment to bed it is i am not happy about it whatsoever i hope the whole thing just blows up in their face and i mean everything goes back to normal i don't know like 20 billion is not like really a you know when it's out there it's out there like that's i mean even like it it could just that yeah like the worst case scenario is that like they get figma and they're like "Mm, well we don't have to worry about you anymore so you could just throw you in the corner right you know that's that being said if it does blow up i was thinking it would kind of just like the acquisition would go wrong based on like because you remember what happened with elon musk and twitter right like that's the kind of level of catastrophe i'm looking for like i want the whole thing to just blow up i feel like that's what i want i feel like adobe adobe is elon musk here in this situation well yeah obviously but i mean i still feel like (laughs) adobe has been so like consistent with like their chokehold like I mean, obviously Elon has yeah. some sort of money somewhere. I don't really know that. I don't. That's really the thing because their mentality but, now is basically if you can't beat it, buy it. Well, that's the idea of like a monopoly, and that's what they're that's what they're creating. Like when I was monopoly. when we were talking about this separately the other day, I'm like, oh, so like five companies are gonna own everything, and Adobe's trying to be one of those five right now. Like, yeah, that's wild. Well, uh, you know, just to ponder the state of affairs with capitalism, we're gonna go on break for a little bit. It is indeed time yeah, for a break. We'll be back, in, you know. Just a sec. Yeah. Just a sec. Go get some water. Stretch your back out. I know. Okay. We're back. Did you miss us? If so, we're back. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to keep flapping my gums because I feel like I've been doing that a lot this episode specifically as it has been, uh, you know, right. She's getting extra air time. Content. She has content. I'm, and you know what? Despite me fumbling with words, I've been completely sober for this whole episode clap for that absolutely let me let me give you the the pinch <laughs> a little, lay, a little lay on me pinch um yeah we're back with the gaming corner as i guess it's called i just been i feel like we just kind of fell into that it's yeah it's um, unofficially officially kevin's gaming corner officially, officially um a lot of things uh the first little one i'll get out is that kingdom hearts dropped in north america on the day of this recording september 17th 20 Ooh. years ago in america just just a you know heads up ancient um it's Oof. it's like crazy to think about like i mean soon like ps3 is going to be like considered a retro console let alone like this oh was my on god PS2. yeah we're we're getting we're getting aged out um but yeah what a what a crazy series that dropped that has truly um harassed the inner machinations of my mind for the last 20 years um i was, I was seven when that game came out just to really date myself here for the listeners that can do simple <laughs> yeah. math. Um, so just had to give a shout out to that girl. <laughs> um, shout out so, to getting old. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I haven't turned to dust yet. I still have a couple more years, I think. We're working on it, yeah. Um, I'm trying to work on not turning to dust. I don't know about you, but... Well, might be a little too late for me, girl. <laughs> 
I mean, you went to the. You told me you just went to the gym recently. That's good. Uh, I yeah, did. Yeah, we're that's getting fair. working on our fitness or whatever the hell Fergie was singing. Kevin's about. my witness. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so before we get in the meat and potatoes, the other thing I want to mention is I've been playing Splatoon three, the little hottest new Nintendo IP that came out like this month. Um, she's cute. I think I've talked a little bit about Splatoon in the past, but like it's a very. It's like it's a newer IP from Nintendo. They made it in like I think 2014 or 15 is when it came out on the Wii U like the first entry and it's a third person shooter so if you could think of Fortnite that camera perspective that's what it is um and it's a very weird little shooter game where it's like an idea of like paintball where like you are painting and inking the ground in like your team's color for the main mode anyway and mm -hmm. against the other team and like you know you can like you know, kill or splat, as I like to say it, because it is like a, you know, a kid's game. There's no blood and it's very fantastical, whatever. <laughs> um, and, but that's not the point. The point is you just want, like, by the end of the three-minute timer for it to be in your ink. And that's, like, the most bare-bones description I can get into it without going into everything else about this game, because they have other modes. The weapons are crazy. This game has so much style. Like, from the first one to the third one that just released, like, the series itself has, like, hugely, like, fun amounts of style. Like, it draws from like, you know, like late 90s and early 2000s, like skater hip hop culture. It's like the music is like very edgy and like silly because they have like their own little like language of the game that isn't really English or anything. It's kind of like gibberish. Like <laughs> if you played The Sims, it's like that. Oh, but, yeah, um, I was going to say, or like an Animal Crossing. Where they have yeah, like it's, it's very much like the, actually the <laughs> the development team that worked on the most the Animal Crossing games for the Switch and 3DS actually were a part of creating splatoon oh. and um yeah they i'm gonna honestly one day i'm gonna give you the rundown manny of this game because it's just so like not to not to make you play it it's more just to like see like all the like weird little quirks in this game like just to kind of like give like a random easter egg is that like in the second game they had like this downloadable content and like two of the npcs in the game were like dressed up like giving homage to like tupac and like biggie with like their outfit choices uh -huh. it's like so like weird but like in such a like creatively fun way i don't really know how to go into it but i've been playing it i've been i've been shooting you know my little paint gun everywhere playing with the girls um, that's what it kind of makes me think of is like if like this is splatoon kind of makes me feel like it's what people wish paintball could be you know what i mean that's kind of it, what it's giving it's yeah it's very like the movement in the game is really what like sets it apart from like other shooters like in fortnite you do have like you know they they've added stuff where you can like kind of fly around in the air and yeah. like you know, they have their build mode but in splatoon it's like the idea is you, that like, swim in your own ink yeah if it's in your color you can swim in it and you can climb up walls with it which doesn't sound anything like that crazy but there are other abilities like you one of your specials is like a jetpack you can fly around and shoot from you have like missiles you can launch like all across from the map um they added a new one in this game where you like kind of it's called like zip caster so you you activate it and then you get like a stretchy arm that like you know those little stretchy like sticky arms you like throw on oh, the wall? Oh yeah. It's literally based on that. that just it's, like got so dirty. Oh yeah, it's God. based on that where like you you fling it to a wall and your character will zip to it and you can like either jump up on a ledge or like you can like shoot someone like that you like jumped near. It's Can you like backhand somebody and splat you them? You can't <laughs> you can't backhand somebody but if you stick to like a wall close enough to them they like when you land you kind of like oh, make like a little them. impact. Yeah, it's it. it's very it's and also cool. like yeah, and like the lore for the game is so fucking bonkers. It's it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, it's just a good time. Um, and yeah, I people have been kind of picking this one. I think like 
the series is still like kind of new so a lot of people are like oh like this doesn't really feel like a shooter that like a, your typical shooter um but if you have a switch like go give it a chance if you're in this i would say like it has like a bit of a learning curve because again like the movement is like so not what you've like experienced in other games but once you pick it up it's like kind of like an easy concept so like does this have any competitive like is there like a ranking system or anything yeah there's definitely like competitive like they they have like you know there's there's like a meta like if you like yeah with with most like games like you can definitely get around like just averagely playing it like you don't really have to look up stuff you kind of get like a feel for it but there is like a much much higher like skill ceiling once you get into like the meta of it like what weapon with what abilities um like what stages like you should use x and y for but like Mm-hmm. I, I like i've seen like the fringes of it and i'm like i don't have like the twitchy carpal tunnel muscles to really get to that level or <laughs> have the patience for it but um I, I i enjoy it and i like play. it's really fun if you have like a group of friends to play with for sure that's what shout out to john a loyal friend and listener um i'm not you. gonna out him on how many hours he put into splatoon 2 but it was the <laughs> fact that we teased him for it back in the day uh so Ooh. Ooh. uh but yeah, no, shout Ooh. out to john um for being a splatoon friends so that's what i've been playing currently uh because playing video games again has been nice i kind of like was on and off of it for a little bit um now for the uh the news news i guess because this is like the most recently i think i followed the up on stuff. Mm-hmm. The news news. so nintendo had a direct video this week um and for those who don't know nintendo direct is like the full name of it where it's just like Nintendo will do like a live stream. They like announce it the day before, like, oh, we're gonna do a live stream of like upcoming games, or we're gonna talk about this one specific game in detail that's coming out soon to like generate hype for whatever they want to generate hype for. And for like, you know, Nintendo fans, it's like who like, you know, try to keep up with the news or whatever. It's usually like a pretty 50-50 split on like it's a direct that they care about what they talked to like the games they announced, or if it's like a flop. Um so this one, I think, was kind of, like, filled with a lot of stuff and had something for everybody. So we they announced right off the bat, like, a new Fire Emblem game, like, a new mainline game where, like, they're going to be pulling, like, characters from, like, the past, uh, the, the past games, sorry. So for those who don't know Fire Emblem, it's, if you played Smash Bros, it's most likely, you know, one of the sword fighters that you have encountered being Marth, Roy, yeah. Mom, Lucina, those are all Fire Emblem characters. It's a strategy RPG. Um, It's gotten quite a bit more popular now, like, people only knew I've about seen it people stream it on twitch here and here yeah too. Mm-hmm. um fire Emblem three houses came out i think two or three years ago or probably longer at this point but um that was like a pretty big on the switch and it's like a strategy rpg so they're coming with like a new new one it's stylistically looks a little bit like they're leaning a lot more into like the anime like vibe that fire emblem has which will be interesting i guess interesting um, the protagonist mm-hmm. for the game has like the most ridiculous looking hair it's been like a huge meme um <laughs> i'll show it to you after it's just people are calling it like colgate protagonist pepsi pepsi coon or whatever the fuck like just <laughs> they have these two-tone but saturated red and blue hair it, i don't know i'm wondering if people are like is this like a story thing or are they just like going for like outrageousness like shock value here as far as character design goes but um so spongebob's getting like a new 3d platformer game and spongebob i was talking about this with manny where like even like though like most of the time like video games that are based on like existing ips kind of get like shaky with like production or quality spongebob's kind of like towed like a pretty steady line like battle for bikini bottom was like pretty nostalgic and a lot of people like that and it played like pretty well enough like a 3d collect-a-thon kind of thing 
um and yeah, come up with like, a whole new one on their like gamecube forever ago it was probably like one of the mo- more popular one because they had like a couple other spongebob games but i think battle for bikini bottom was like one of the most because they made a they made a remaster of it and ported it like not that long ago to modern systems it's like battle for bikini bottom like rehydrated i think it's like fully titled mm-hmm. um and this one is in like a similar style and vein of like a 3d explorator explorative game um and the it's been confirmed that like the original voice actors are going to be in the game which kind of like at least you know they have the budget for that which you know sounds promising um yeah let's see uh i'll try to go through this a little more so they're adding like the first three mario party games and pokemon stadium one and two i totally forgot about pokemon stadium well the gag is is that when they were showing it in the trailer they had little tiny font that said pokemon cannot be transferred to these games like just not even like an at this time disclaimer or whatever like later on it's like it fully said like hey you could only use rental pokemon in pokemon stadium which is kind of a flop mm. for those who don't yeah. know pokemon stadium was like the first like 3d like visual of pokemon on the n64 it was like right. you could import your pokemon from like red blue and yellow gold and silver and you could play them on the big screen against like your friends or like right. it had a lot of like in-game battles and challenges that you could get like some rare pokemon or items from i believe and like right. mini games and it seems like you can are gonna basically only be able to play the mini games in these like uh, uh ports because they're not ports i'm sorry it's gonna be available yeah. as a part of nintendo's uh online expansion subscription so that gets you like n64 games sorry for sure to start up with that but um yeah it's kind of it's kind of a sour note because pokemon company does very well and they could definitely like implement some kind of system to connect with pokemon home which is like the current pokemon like storage across multiple games software on the switch Oh. and it doesn't seem like there's anything they're going to do about that because the game is very difficult if unless you literally bring in your own like trained yeah. pokemon with like moves that you pick out because that, right the rental the pokemon. original right okay yeah and yeah that kind of sucks i just got really excited with that now i know sucks. same here because <laughs> like, oh, that's cute but no yeah i mean like it's gonna have like the mini games and there's like that's what mario party's for which I the first three say. are on this also included um yeah, I I mean, I want to like be hopeful, but that's also like a fool's game with this stuff cuz usually like a lot of the time they just kind of just like fart out something and then it's like, oh, that's it, no support. <laughs> yeah. Cuz also especially fact, since it's technically a retro game, they're probably just like, eh. It's yeah, enough. it's uploaded to the emulator, that's it. Yeah. Especially cuz in a random fact in Pokémon Stadium games, like you can if you don't import your own, you can rent Pokémon, which is like, you know, they have pre-selected moves. And for some reason, the fully evolved Pokemon would have a worse very, moves yeah. than the pre-evolved ones, which are right. weaker, but they had the better moves. So it was like you basically had to like pick very specific rental that. Pokemon that yeah. like were a balance of it, and then hope that the, the opponent like just didn't use a certain Pokemon for match. It's very it's like Charizard silly. having Embar and fucking like Charmander having Flamethrower. Or yeah, some shit. exactly. <laughs> it's very weird. I remember that. It's so like it's so ass backwards. And then like the legendary Pokemon yeah. you could pick from were like like they would just have like the weakest moves it's yeah well it's thundershock like yeah <laughs> it's a bad bad. um and then the only other thing for retro games is golden eye 007 i was talking about this one with manny too where like i didn't even play it but like i know that like the golden eye 007 game on n64 has like a bit of like a cult like mm-hmm. fave among it fans is a fan because, base for sure yeah like i actually there was like uh i don't know if it still exists but there was like a family project to like basically play this like online at one point like a couple years ago i can't remember if it like got canceled or whatever but 
um it's like based on like you know james bond and stuff and it was popular because like it had split screen multiplayer because back in the day like there was no online or whatever so you just Mm. played in the same room with people um but it was very popular for that like i don't think at that time there were like a ton of like multiplayer like you know shooters and you know there was also like the whole campaign too but um the nintendo online expansion version will have the multiplayer apparently but xbox slash microsoft are also remaking the game to be on their console which they technically own this game it's like a whole weird licensing thing y'all are gonna have to look it up because i'm not about to explain that right now but apparently microsoft xbox version are gonna not have the online multiplayer apparently which is like also a weird choice because that's kind of like i think why people like this game so much but pokemon and xbox (laughs) are making these missteps i don't know I it definitely had to do something with like the licensing of it and shit like that because it just feels really weird that you would release like essentially the same game but two different ways well yeah and here's my thing too like because this isn't the first like retro game that nintendo is putting on like the switch that like like they've, they've done a couple other games where they have online capability which is like really cool like it's like there's this old game called paneled upon which i don't even think we got in america but they made like an english like uh they made like an english version put it on the switch like virtual console system uh and you could play it online with friends which that was never a thing like at all for that like for the super nintendo so that's really cool but then pokemon can't do a thing where it's like oh you can actually import like from this whatever i don't know i don't know this was like a bit of a weird spot for for me at the direct um because like decisions choices 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 sorry i'll move through this a little faster um pikmin 4 this is a game that was announced like i don't even know how many years ago i think it was like over five years ago the creator was like on a direct i was like hey i'm working on the next pikmin game which at the time was after three and i never really played pikmin but like i've again shout out to john that that's a pikmin boy right there is my friend john (laughs) um (laughs) he was super excited for this pikmin 4 to be announced as he should because it was like no one knew where this game was because like the literal creator miyamoto was like oh yeah like i'm making the next game and it's like well where is it where is it uh and then it finally got like announced and all we saw was like a little like promo reel of like some some scenes but it wasn't like we saw any gameplay or like really anything about it but it exists which is like a big enough deal for it so the only thing I remember Pikmin from is fucking Super Smash Bros. <laughs> That's like that. The only, I feel I like this. I feel like Pikmin me reading this list thing. off, Manny's like, yeah, they were in Super Smash Brothers. Right? Yeah, like, that's like my only alkaline. I mean, that's fair. Like these, I think like what's. I mean, we're gonna get into the more known titles, but like this direct, like it didn't hit like everybody's benchmark for like, oh, like is this series gonna get a new game? But like it kind of hit like some that like we weren't sure of. Like I mean, Fire Emblem's been getting a lot more popular, so they've been pretty consistent. But like Pikmin Four, like no one knew where that was. Bayonetta 3, which is my next one, um, got, like, some screen time. And then it got its own, like, little separate trailer, which is, you know, they don't usually do that. They usually do these, like, all together, but right. whatever. But um, Bayonetta 3, which was another game, like, not as long as, like, Pikmin or Metroid, but, like, it was, like, they hinted at it that a sequel was coming and then just, like, radio silence on it for, like, years. And then a couple months ago, they finally, like, showed that it's alive and then it's coming out at the end of October, which is, like, a perfect time for that game. Because oh, wow. it's very, like, yeah. you know... Like, you're literally, like, a witch, technically. So, like, you know, the Halloween spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they shuffle a bit of that. Um, Kirby's Return to Dreamland got, like, a remake master for the Switch. Um, so that was originally on the Wii, and it was, like, the first, like, like 
multiplayer Kirby game on like a like a like on a TV Console. like because oh, handheld you could play together like if you had your own games but this one like you all played on like one system together on the same screen oh, like you could okay. all be Kirby so do the split the split screen thing oh you don't have to do the split screen like it was just you just oh, all share the okay. one screen you just yeah both play together okay. like very akin to like the new Super Mario Bros also where like you can right. play together so like you can all play as Kirby or like some people can pick like King DDD Meta Knight who are also in smash bros see i'm keeping you in the loop manny oh my gosh <laughs> um but yeah it was on the wii and it was it was a fun one but it feels like so out of left field because kirby like just got a new game like this yeah i was gonna spring. say there was that other more like popular one that we talked about earlier and then kirby got a little spin-off game actually like over the summer which was very like a lot of people akin it to like fall guys like kirby got like it's like i didn't talk about it because i didn't get it and it was like cute but like it wasn't like a huge blockbuster game or anything mm -hmm. um but kirby's kirby's been getting games like more frequently than ever this year so you know good for that love kirby game um so there was also a couple of like various like indie ports um the ones that i that stood out to me were it takes two because oh my god uh oh, you heard about that game yeah i like uh, there was it takes two was trending on twitch for a mm -hmm. few months like i want to say it was like maybe last year or so um but It Takes Two was a very popular game. Like, a lot of the streamers that I watched were doing it. A lot of them were doing collabs, mm -hmm. and they would do it together. It looked like a cute, like, fun game. Um, yeah. The way that so, you died was a little kind of funny. But, like, <laughs> overall, the gameplay, I remember, it was really fun. Um, And it was, like, it got a lot of support from people on Twitch because it was an indie game. So, so yeah. Cool. Funny enough, Azad and I were trying to, like, figure out playing this game together. Now that it's on Switch, we m maybe we'll consider doing it again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a kind of a 3D platformer puzzle game where you and like a friend like you basically have to play co-op like i don't know if there's a way to play this like single player wise. i don't think there is yeah um what's cool about this game is that one person can buy it and then your friend can join like via like like they don't also have to buy it is like what i is what i heard and interpreted from it is that you can mm -hmm. get like a i think it's called like a friend pass or like just some other like auxiliary key access basically that your friend can like co-op with you so it's not like both you have to get the game only one person does um so we were trying right. to coordinate that and it got a lot of good reviews like it, it was popular but i think also because like the accessibility of like not both people having to buy like a full game to play it yeah exactly um and it was also like a it, it, like the main thing is like people are like oh like how's it gonna look on switch because switch is not as powerful as like you oh know, that's most PCs and like the other right. like you know xbox and stuff i didn't think so, about that because i think i think technically it takes two was a pc game if I remember correctly, I was it? I think it's on oh, it? Xbox Switch. and also no, it's coming on Switch. No, it now. wasn't. It, but yeah, that would make it's sense. It's coming. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's a part of Game Pass. So it's. I know it's on like PC, and I believe it's also right. on Xbox consoles. Okay. Whatever the hell the current X. I honestly, truly, I'm not a gamer because I keep forgetting what the current Xbox console is called. PS5 is easy. They do it numerically. I can't keep uh, up with whatever Xbox because all the iterations. I just have to throw it in there. Who gives a fuck? I can't afford it now. I'm not playing for it. Real? I'm not picking it up. I don't even. I don't even know what generation of fucking PlayStation or <laughs> Xbox we're on for fuck's sake. So fuck well, it. the PS5 is at the PS5. So that one's easy enough to remember. Work. I didn't even know that. See. Oh uh, well. When we could have been on PS10. When you play only one game on PC, you don't need to. <laughs> Absolutely. Legos over here. Um. <laughs> yeah. So it takes two. Um, I'm, I mean, from like the little snippet we saw, it didn't look bad. I'm like, I'm not like too much of a stickler. I'm more of like, it has to at least perform well. Like I don't want stutter yeah. or lag or whatever. If it's like 
1080 and not 4k like i won't kill anybody even if it's like 720 and the lighting still looks okay i'm not going to complain it just needs to function which the switch sometimes might not be optimized for but we'll see mm-hmm. um another game called tunic also got announced for it, and that one's interesting because that one i think used well now used to be a game pass exclusive and it's now coming to switch and it's very much like a kind of like a if it, it feels very heavily inspired by like the older classic like 2d zelda like top down games but this one it's taken from like a 3d isometric view but it's very much like you're dropped in like a world you're not really given a lot of direction you're just meant to explore fight stuff i think it's like kind of like the same concept like beating dungeons and stuff to collect items so very uh, you know okay very like classic like old like older zelda inspired um so i was thinking about picking that one up because i've been kind of itching for like like that older zelda experience and i like the way this game looked when it was announced but i didn't have game pass I still have Game Pass, so. So, yeah, 20 of those are shout-out. There were a ton of other games announced, by the way, people. I'm just, like, running through the ones that kind of, like, grabbed me, slash might be more for the general public. Um, So, two two last notes. Um, There were, like, five, maybe even six different farming, slash life games, life sim games announced during this Direct. All, like, half of them made by, like, Square Enix, which they make Final Fantasy and a bunch of other games mostly rpgs a lot of these uh-huh. there were so many games in the director like you can be a farmer get married have a kid another one was like <laughs> you are a fairy and you have a farm uh, another one was you have to save the world and you have a farm it's like how many farming games do we got going on here it was like a well maybe direct. they needed resources girl like, well it's I like like um you know gaming has trends just like most other media so for a, like recently we had like a plethora of like 3d exploration games with like breath of the wild always gets called out horizon zero dawn others that i just the new elden ring game that's oh Dark yeah Souls. True, true. You're that right. one's the most recent open world game that one's a little different though. that one i guess whatever but um now we seem to be moving into the cozy vibed uh farming sim game trend that like mm. Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing kind of had, and then like had, right. har, har, one of the games I think is like heavily based off of like Harvest Moon, which was like a long running series that was you know literally farming and life sim, um, you know. So you have a pick, pick which one has the most appealing gimmick, and then get ready to farm. And like uh, <laughs> get ready to farm. They didn't look bad. It was yeah. just like a lot of farming. Like right. that's more of a statement than being shady. Um, and then finally, facts the, are facts. Yeah, and then ironically. It had very little screen time, but the biggest news is that we got the biggest news to me anyway. I'll preface that, um, and a few maybe a few other people. Uh, Legend of Zelda, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, got like a, its title because for a long time, like over a year now, I think we just saw trailers for like Legend of Zelda, to, yeah, something Breath of the Wild sequel. Like they didn't give it an official name because right. their PR was like it'll spoil the game, and they're like, okay, I guess. Now we got the title, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And nobody knows what the hell that means because literally, like, everybody was like, what is that spoiling? Because it's nothing specific. People were like, oh, is it going to refer to, like, Ganondorf? And, like, because he's coming back now. uh, Is it going to refer to, like, something with Zelda or, like, like a specific character? No, it's Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Whatever that means. Uh, We'll find out in May when this game comes out finally. Um and yeah so that was at the end it we didn't really see anything new it was still more like link jumping out of the sky and some cool stuff but nothing really like they did show telling, like right. yeah nothing, nothing telling they did telling. show like these interesting like carvings that are like telling some kind of a story but like it's you know 
it's something for like a Zelda YouTuber to like dissect. It's not anything like if you play the first game, you'll like automatically know what it is. It's like I think that's Zelda, but we don't know who that figure is, and like you know, oh, so this is like always. completely new story and lore entirely. Or well, is it no, like based off of it's ba- it's a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Like it's the same okay. Link in Zelda, but it the, right. it's definitely going in like a new direction with the story. It's just Got no it. one knows what the hell it means. Um, so that was the direct. <laughs> There was a lot more announced in there, and, and like, you know, if you go to Nintendo's YouTube channel, it has, like, their, you know, I think it was on the 13th or something, or this week, like, the, well, at the time of recording this this week, uh, it has the direct dated, and then also, like, what they do is after, my YouTube feed looks atrocious whenever they do these two, because it's like Nintendo has the live direct, and then after it's over, they individually upload each game trailer to their channel. Oh. Yeah. On top of that, though, all the other nerdy YouTubers I follow are also uploading also videos doing. based on the direct because <laughs> they had a live stream watching of it okay. and then also like the gaming news channels that i follow upload all the same shit so it's like um yeah. i get inundated with this and um it's usually an event that like me and some of my friends look forward to because like will we be wowed will we be disappointed it's usually the second one but this one was you know it, it had some surprises but most of it was stuff like of games we knew that were coming out or it was ports of games that had like already existed right. um and then the last bit, because I can't talk about gaming news without addressing that I have not, as a non-news channel, I have not been keeping y'all up to date with Pokemon. Um, Scarlet and Violet are the new games coming out. Um, they've gotten like some drip-fed uh, info. They got a trailer recently with like the new gimmick, which is terrestrializing. I think I said that right. It's like instead of Mega so Evolution. <laughs> so what? If you haven't played Pokemon since like I would say X and Y. The gimmicks are gimmicking, and you're gonna be confused. So it's like what a lot of Pokemon games now. Like usually, a Pokemon game comes with like a gimmick, but they kind of get more and more uh, elaborate. We'll say so. Like back in the day, it was like double battles are like a thing, and then you know yada yada yada. Now we get up to like and then like Mega Evolution, and then so this is like another new. It's another new battle gimmick. Yeah, that's like tied to the story in some way, and. Oh, is it a doozy? Because terrestrializing, they basically get like a really big hat. <laughs> they get a big old hat, and each Pokemon will have um like essentially like a hidden type that when they when you activate the gimmick, they will change type. I don't know to what extent, like how it overrides or plays with it, but it's like an example they showed is like it almost sounds like that special ability of of some Pokemon or like that was like a move that you could yeah use. they they had it, it as called. a move and now Didn't like Porygon have that that was like it's I think it's move. called like conversion they had like they had, yeah. there's a couple different moves that change type now like right. they're not used like ever but like they exist but now they're like oh like let's I guess they want to expand on it so like your it's like for the examples they kind of give is like they show Tyranitar which is a rock and fighting type normally. And it does the little fancy gimmick cutscene thing, and it gets like a big like Wasn't hat. Was like originally a rock and dark type, or did they change that now? Oh, sorry, that's uh, a new I generation. Fig- thing? No, it's it's rock and dark. I'm sorry, uh, my brain. I've gone oh. through so much news. Rock, wow. man, look at you. I know things type. about gaming and Pokemon. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, sorry, rock and dark type, which is weak to fighting. That's I think where yeah, my brain was getting ahead of itself. Right. Four X weak to fighting. Yeah, dark super weak. Like that bitch, you kick her over, she's down. Mm-hmm. Um it terrestrialized into a ghost type. So 
it can like become immune to like it's one of its biggest weaknesses. Fighting, okay. Yeah, being fighting. Does it override both types or just one? So that's what I don't really know. It seems to be like it override because it's a dual type. So it seems like it just overrides everything. So a monotype. Okay. But it could be like maybe it overrides the first type or it becomes, you know, like they didn't really like fully specify anything yet about that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, well, they'll either go more into it or like we'll get into the weeds of it uh, when the game comes out. But that's like the new gimmick. And then apparently each Pokemon that you catch is like they innately have a like this hidden type that's tied to them. So like not every Tyranitar is going to like have this ghost like special typing when it does the gimmick. It's it, it'll be dependent on like some factor we don't really know about. Um, oh, that kind of reminds me of how people like in competitive play would do like mm -hmm. like the IV training and things like that. Like the nature of your Pokemon. That was all those me. things contributed to their like the type of individual power move yeah yep that's what it's giving okay that that was me at one point back in the day and i once i got a job i was like i don't really have the time to be doing that <laughs> not not like in a but... shitty way but more like i never got good enough at competitive like i would be again like on the fringes of like what pokemon's meta like blah 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 blah. but like sometimes pokemon is 4d chess with like you have to predict this switch in with this move in yeah. this weather condition so i kind of like fell off like the horse of like competitive um, I have some friends that still keep up with like what's going on, but I don't really do that myself anymore. They make it easier to get into it, like with each generation. Like if you were doing competitive, like back in the day, like before like the 3DS Pokemon games were a thing, it was kind of like a slog because it's like yeah. you had to make those Pokemon have babies and babies and babies for all this very randomly generated like stuff that you had some manipulation over but it wasn't anything to the degree we have now where like you can guarantee like guaranteed get like a pokemon with very specific stats that you want within like set amount of hours depending on how you know how like involved the pokemon itself is yeah. with like moves or whatever um so yeah i just had to shout out um the other big thing that of the new pokemon games that'll probably interest the general populace uh is that there will be three different like story quests you can do in this game so they seem to be pushing this where you can pick what you want to do if it's within the three quests at any order at any time. So they have a gym challenge quest where like you're entering the gym league and you're going to beat all the gyms, you know, typical fair. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's one where it's like you're helping like an NPC in the game, like find these super rare ingredients that are tied to what are called Titan Pokemon, which is another gimmick very reminiscent of the totem pokemon from sun and moon where it's a pokemon but it's real big and you have to do like essentially what's like a boss fight where it's like just this super beefy pokemon that will have some kind of like you know gimmick or like you know whatever have you um so that's another optional storyline or not optional but like i guess a storyline quest thing that you can do uh, and then the third one focuses on like the, the game's evil team because every Pokemon game has like a themed evil team. There's Team Rocket, Aqua and Magma, uh, the rest. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. This one, they're called Team Star. And the whole like vibe of this game is that you're like a student at an academy. So the evil Team Star, evil being in quotes here, um, is that they're like delinquent students that are like, we're not going to follow the rules and like, we're <sighs> bad. And like, it's very like, it's like pretty well, corny. Cause yeah. like, if, if you like see like the, the grunts for it, it's very like, girl, go to class. Like, what are you doing here? For like, real though? It's like, what is then, this? Um, like, but then like, they, gang? Like, what? well, pretty much. Cause like they explained like, oh, you have to go to various areas where they have base camp set up and just like beat the crap out of them. Cause reasons why I don't know yet. Right. Uh, but then it showed off one of like the team leaders who's like this punk rocker girl vibe i think her i forget her name uh but she's on a 
massive like party looking it looks like a party bus like it looks like if you took a party bus in vegas that is what this bus looks like that this girl's oh. riding on and Not the, party the, bus. the promo art that they show of this scene the engine attached to it is a pokemon like it has a massive eye and like a tongue sticking out and people are like what the hell is that engine pokemon about because they didn't talk about that in the direct but they showed off something about it um oh very interesting interesting <laughs> and then like the last big bit was um they have a new feature now because this game is going to be as as far as i know it's open world it's uh, supposedly not going to be segmented like legends arceus was but that remains to be seen um because they haven't really like like they did this info dump like a few weeks how ago how is the switch going to handle that wasn't the whole reason they couldn't do that in the first place was because i mean the breath of the wild can breath of the wild was able to go but granted oh. breath of the wild was empty in some spots and i don't really know like the whole technical jargon of like what pokemon company needs to do for this because right. their pokemon has been getting a lot of flack for not really like optimizing itself for the switch despite like it living only living, on the switch on yeah so that's, that's fair. yeah um but like we i haven't seen anything that like really says that there's going to be like separate disconnected areas so um this feature which is you know seems to point to it also being more open world is that your pokemon like you can send out a pokemon from your party and be like uh okay pikachu uh go 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 chill like see you later and like it can go explore and like collect items for you or fight wild pokemon while you don't have to interact with it so like it'll even gain experience if it battles something and you get like little notification that's like oh like it's in a battle or like oh like it found an item and i think like i don't know if you could sit on multiple pokemon they didn't I don't know. If, yeah. They just said, like, you could send out your Pokemon, and Pokemon's, like, both singular and plural, so... Right. Mm, I don't know. Um, But I think it's to help you, like, kind of, like, navigate, like, the map in a way where it's, like, oh, like, I want to level up this Pokemon, but I don't feel like getting into battles right now, so rather than detract you from, like, going to your destination, you could just, you know, level up your Pokemon, like, auto-battling. And, oh. like, and it shows, like, their health meter, I think, so, like, you can even see, like, if it's about to, like, faint or whatever. Um... So it kind of also, sounds like an advanced version of like the daycare, you know. Where it's yeah, like, I think. But except they can get find items and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm sure like the day it comes out, the Pokemon nerds will decipher all of like the statistics for what Pokemon can get what item or something or other. Um, so I I think that'll be an interesting feature, um, especially like, the auto battling thing because I think like people like Legends Arceus a lot because the battles were so so much faster like animation wise like getting into them so I think people like want that to kind of stay is like what I've kind of heard from friends about it is that they're like oh like this is so much quicker now because going back to older games especially on the DS where Pokemon was notoriously slow on that thing people want to you know want to experience the game a little bit faster right. than they have in the past um they also announced new Pokemon, but I'm not going to go over those hoes. You can look them up. This is an audio format. It would be kind of pointless for me to describe them, honestly. <laughs> some of them, I mean, my overall opinion, some of them have been like, okay. Like, nothing's really, like, totally stood out. I'm currently thinking of the Fire-type starter, but Fue Coco, uh, I believe it's pronounced. But I'm waiting to see the final evolutions to, like, make a stance make a decision, on that. Yeah, to make yeah. a commitment. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you for sticking with me through all that. I am probably gonna have a sore throat after this. That's the game <laughs> corner. So remember to stay hydrated. Drink your water, girls. Drink your water. Stay hydrated, you thirsty bitch. Basically. So with that, I think we're gonna wrap up the show for today. 
All of the links and music mentions that we've been discussing throughout the episode will be posted in the description. And if you want Nintendo Direct. And if you want to email us, you can email us at gaygeekytired at gmail.com. Absolutely. I'll get a clean take of it one day. Not today. I'll get a clean (laughs) take of it one day. And with that, we will see y'all in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.